0: Welcome to the Legacy Pod. In episode 13, I spoke to Chris Boyd, the former Rangers, Kilmarnock, and Scotland striker. After a hugely successful career on the pitch, Chris has been just as successful off it as a football analyst. He's also started his own charity aimed at tackling mental health, a decision sparked by the tragic suicide of his brother, Scott. Forget what you think you know about Chris Boyd, the player or pundit. Take some time to listen to his thoughts on why people are struggling with their mental health and what more can be done to help. Chris Boyd is making a difference. He is living his legacy. Enjoy the episode. Chris Boyd, welcome to the Legacy Pod.
1: Thanks for having me, Tom.
0: Absolute pleasure. Um, listen, it's been the last time I think we probably spoke and saw each other. You were you were still playing. So, what's been happening since you've hung the boots up?
1: I thought you were about to say it was a bit forced on ago, but um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: no.
1: Nah, listen, there's been a lot going on. I've um, you know I've been, I've been quite fortunate that um, you know a lot of things have, have fell into place. Um, you know I, I, I'm always one for planning for the future, even though you might come across as, as a lot of times that some people would have said, you know, you, you might act like a stupid boy or stuff like that sometimes when you were playing and you like a carry on and everything. But, you know, I was... I was I went and got my coaching badges done right away. Um, you know, I had my pro licence finished by the time I'd finished my football career because that's where, you know, I, I see myself going. Um, but, you know, the, the opportunity of, you know, the media when I started doing it and, um, you know, I enjoyed it. And, you know, you're still getting... To get to the, you know, your your football fixes as, as we all speak yeah. about. You're going to watch, still going to games. You're still having to do your homework. You're still being involved in and around uh, football. But you've also, you know You speak to a lot of managers, and it's not until you finish, and even players, that you realise that, um, you know, the pressures of of being in that dressing room for a number of years, and then it's not until you come away from it that you realise that you know what there is more to life than than being yeah. under that pressure twenty four seven. And it gets even worse when you go into management, coaching, management. Um, you know, so for me right now, I'm enjoying life. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity that Sky Sports have, have given me. Um, I enjoy covering the, the Scottish games. I've had a lot more um, English stuff going on as well recently, in terms of your Soccer Saturdays and covering, um, you know, a, f- a few of the English games as well. So no, life's good. Can't complain. And um, but again, it's 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 like everything else. You know, the, the minute you think you've conquered it, and, and yeah. uh, somebody else appears, you need to keep working. You need to stay grounded. You need to work. Um, harder to 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 improve constantly, and uh, that's one of the things that you know. For me, looking at it, if you do your homework, you do your, your work going into the games, going into whatever show it might be, I think it stands you in good stead that um, you know that you've done your own work, you know you've got the backup um, of of stats, and then it's up to you to to put across an opinion that some people might not like, but um, it's only my opinion. If you don't like it, you don't need to get upset with it.
0: Absolutely, you you sort of. Captured that momentum of the media quite early on when you were still playing. You could obviously see that that was uh, you know an avenue you wanted to go down. When you were still playing, did you find it a challenge to give your opinion when you're still facing these guys on the pitch? I know you 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 know you kind of some people had an opinion on your opinion while you were still playing.
1: Um, no, I think I was I was probably someone who would have. I said what I had to say and I never went overboard on it because I knew whatever and I, th- I think that, that one of the things I have learned or I did learn the early doors was it doesn't really matter what you said. The headline was already there, and they just wanted yeah. you to, you know, to, to to confirm it basically and say something along those lines. But look, for me, I think that um I've spoken about this loads of times. It wasn't until I went to America and um, you know, I listened to I me, mean, we were getting beat. We had lost, I think it was maybe like three 0 four nil, and the rules. Over there, allow the media to come into the, the you know, the, the locker room as such, yeah. the dressing room here, um, 15, 20 minutes after the game. And, you know, I was listening to some of the guys when you came in and it was like they were speaking of, along the lines of, you know, positive about the game. And, and and I think the environment that we were brought up in as kids um, and, you know, when you even when you go through your career, you know, if you had been beaten and you went out and tried to be positive about it, it was... You know, you, you were going to get slaughtered even more than yeah. what you were going to get for good beat. You know, fans would all say, you know, we can see it with our own eyes. Why you try to tell us that? You know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad performance. We could all see it was. Can kind you of take things? So, so you know, it wasn't as I said till I, I was in America that I realised that you know there was more to it, and um, that was when I I really started to to think to myself. You know what? You know, I was. I'm obsessed with football. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not ashamed to to to, to admit that. Um, it's 24-7. My missus will probably tell you that as well. Sometimes I need to switch off, but I can't. It's just, you know, I think if you want to be the best at whatever you do, you need to be obsessed with it. Whether that is, is um, you know, on this podcast, I'm sure once you've started that as well, you've, you've, you've had to give it your all if you want to get to the yeah. level you want to get to. Whether it's scoring goals, whether it's, you know, you want to get to the top of the media. Or, you know, you've got to be obsessed. Um, with with what you're doing and and it doesn't mean that you're um, you know I think in terms of I'll go back to my football career there's other things where you could do to still be obsessed about it learning about the game is an obsession Um, scoring goals was an obsession but the whole thing comes back to football you need to be obsessed with whatever you're doing if you're going to be successful in it. and um, I think that's one thing that I've always I've always had that um, I have been obsessed with football Um, and it's just for me it's another what would you say, step in, the, in, the, in that right direction um, yep. for me at this moment in time is, is doing the media because you know I love it. I love being able to give my opinion. As I said, a lot of people might not like it, but you don't need to listen to it. Um, it's not going to stop me saying what I think. Yeah, um, it might upset some people, but listen, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and I think me and you know as well, the goldfish ball we, we live in in, in Scotland, um, that um, it doesn't really matter what you say, half will like you, half will hate you. And um, but you just need to go on. You've, You know, I've learned to, to to live with it. But you know, I must admit, I've I've um, you know, I like the Scottish, the, the English stuff as well. And that's um, ah, just it's just a bit improving. It's it's continue to improve.
0: So obviously, the theme of this this podcast and this interview is going to be looking at the legacies that, that people leave. Um, I'm really interested to talk to you about some of the stuff away from football. But before we do that, there's no doubt in the legacy that you've left as the all-time. SPFL, SPL, whatever the league wants to call itself, the all-time goal scorer do you, it's maybe not for you to say Chris, but do you look back on your career slightly underappreciated at what you actually delivered to the game, do you think people have a, a recognition of what you actually achieved
1: I mean, I don't think it's for me to say, as I said, I think that, you know, what I've achieved in the game and I could sit and look at medals, I could sit and look at finishing top goal scorers and, and everything else. But, you know, I'll be the first to admit that, yes, but it was, you know, that's what I've got for, for um, you know, that was my part of the team was scoring goals. But when you when you look at the big picture for me was, was uh, the team that I played in, yeah. um, you know, the, the guys I played with. Well, without them, I would be nowhere. And it's—I think every football player will tell you the exact same thing. That yes, there's players in there that 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 make the difference in games. Whether it's a goalkeeper making big saves, whether it's a defender making big blocks, a midfielder with through passes, or, or stopping the ball getting into you know striker's feet to to hurt you. Or the obvious one is is, uh, is scoring goals that lead yeah. to winning matches. Um But you know to do that. You need players to create, um, and and for me, that um, you know, the, the boys I played with throughout my career, um, there was something that it's not until you finish, you look back and you realise that um, you know, was my spell in MLS successful? No, but I look at where I'm at now. Did it help develop me as a person? 100. know, I look at my, my spell in Turkey. Was it successful? No, but I appreciated everything I had because there was people there who didn't really have a lot that would sacrifice a lot. Um, to make sure that you know they were doing their best for the club as such, yeah. the place, the town, the city. Um, you know, and when I went to some places in Turkey, it was it was hard to, to um, you know to 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 watch how poor a lot of people were, but you appreciated it. Um, you appreciated what you had. Sorry, and and I yeah. think that there has been even my, my spell at Middlesbrough. It was my first time away from home, um, and I felt as if my second spell. You know, I'm saying second spell. It was, it was a couple of hours down the road, but at Nottingham, I was far better from it. That experience of it not working out at Middlesbrough because I knew yeah. going to Nottingham Forest I had to succeed. So I think there has been different things, but you know the the the, the two clubs that mean the most to me would be Kilmarnock and, and obviously and, and Rangers. But again, I'll go back to Kilmarnock for giving me the opportunity to play football, and I don't think I'm, I'm you know undervalued or underappreciated with 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 Kilmarnock fans for what yeah. I've done over the, the you know my ten years, albeit over different spells, but. Um, you know, I don't think I'm I'm undervalued there. and, and at Rangers as well. I mean I, I think the only negative I've got in my, my Rangers CV as such would be that that um you know that the the second part the second time when I went back it, it didn't work out um it wasn't to be but you know in terms of my first I could never ever envisage, envisage that um you know a little boy who grew up in a village supporting Rangers wanted to wear that number nine jersey and he's he's back uh and scoring goals at Ibrox. and then, I mean I could never, ever have seen that. But, you know, dreams do come true. And, um, you know, but I'll take great pride um, in everything I achieved. It might not have been, as I said, it might not have been successful at that moment in time, but I think it's helped shape me as a person for who I am at this moment in time. And, you know, I know we've not touched on it yet, but in terms of the charity work and everything as well, I think there's, 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 a, there's a bigger picture to what's going on in life at this moment in time. Um, you know, my Scotland career as well. Uh, yes you can point to, to you know, the, the goals I've scored but I think when I look back I've, I've got six winners medals um, I've played the UEFA Cup final as well so look my career wasn't that bad um, a lot of people might turn around and, and, it, and you know what it's like there's always people off oh, you'd have done this if you'd have done that yeah. well who's to say if I'd have done that that I would have had the career that I had as well so we don't know it's all ifs and buts but you know I'm not one for looking back with regrets I think for me I'll take the positives from it and um, there's been tough challenges along the way but um, I think that shaped me for who I am right now and the challenges or the bigger challenges I faced um, you know after football um, I think those you know dealing with pressure situations in football dealing with everything that um, goes on uh, you know in day to day life and I'll go back to even my family life as well it wasn't rock solid um, yeah. you know my wife and the kids as well it was it was difficult because you were away from home all the time and everybody thinks that you know, the football environment, it's you know, it's rosy. I was in America myself. My two, you know, little girls and my, and my wife are back home. And listen, a lot of people will turn around and say, well, why did they not go? Because, you know, it's 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 not easy just to pack up. And, you know, that's where you've got to take, um, you know, you've got to look at people like yourself who have been able to do that and go and... Yeah. Um, create a, a family create an environment where you're happy and working in a different country it's not easy for some people um, and you know there's, there's other circumstances behind that as well in terms of the age of your kids and everything so there's a lot needs to be taken into consideration of, of why things didn't work out at other clubs but you know for me I'm not one for looking back with regrets um, as I said a lot of the, the things that have happened at football clubs have shaped me to to be the person that I am at this moment in time and look you don't need to um, you don't need to like me doesn't it bother me? Um, I know that um, you know, I'll get up my bed, I'll get out of my bed every single morning and try and do the best I possibly can for me, for my family, and um for, for people around me. Don't worry, Chris. I like
0: you. It's all good. <laughs> best of mates. <laughs> but I mean, even even the fact that you you went to different places, you know, it's not a well-trodden path. You went to the MLS before it was fashionable, you've gone to Turkey, you've always gone down the road. The fact that you as a person were willing to to try something new, it kind of says a lot about your personality. I mean, I've, I think,
1: you know, when I go right back to the start of my career, and obviously when, it, when I was coming through at Command, you were linked with a lot of, 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 uh, of moves to England. Um, Wills, who were in the Premier League at the time as well, and flying, were linked with, I went down there for a couple of weeks. Um... Dave Jones obviously moved on as well and and, and that didn't materialise. I then meant yeah. to go to Cardiff, it was Sheffield Wednesday. And, and you know, there, there was there was clubs there, but you know, I felt as if at that moment in time that um I still had a lot to do. And it's you know, we look at it now and football's probably changed. A lot of people maybe listening to this now will say, um, you know, but if you'd have gone when you were younger, it would have changed us. But it wasn't the end thing to do. I mean, I think that yeah. when you go back 15, 20 years ago, the end thing to do was stay at the club you were at and get you know, 100, 150 games under your belt and that's what I felt as if, you know, at command I was going to get, I was going to mature and uh, develop into, you know, someone who could then uh, maybe make that move a lot easier. I didn't want to go away from home and maybe sit in a, you know, a, a reserve team or an under-20s yeah. or whatever at that time and try and develop. I wanted to be the finished article when I left commander or as close to the finished article um, in terms of moving on and, you know, even back then, my dream was always to, to play for Rangers. So, you know, I don't think that people um, understand the size of Rangers and Celtic and worldwide. Um, yes, you might see, but that, that lure of, of, of representing, um, you know, your boyhood club, you know, the team you've supported, it wasn't it wasn't something that, you know, for me, once that opportunity came up, that was something that I wanted. I wanted to go and do it. I've already touched on it, scoring goals. I wanted to be that number nine for for Rangers, uh, win trophies. Um but then, as I said, you know, I, I could have moved away then, but it wasn't for me. And, and then when I got to Rangers, the whole thing, I had the opportunities to go to Russia, um, Germany. But I just I hadn't won anything. I hadn't won anything, you know, that first year, two years at Rangers, I hadn't won a thing. And there's been plenty of people who have, have, have wore that jersey that um, I think to, to represent Rangers and Celtic for that matter, you've got to win things. You've got, you've got to leave with you know I could have left with a hundred goals yeah. but I hadn't won anything you know and I think you know, you join someone as a team and, and for me the big thing was the team winning something and that's why I didn't leave um, but then you get to a stage where it, there's always something in the back of your mind where I felt as if you know, I had won the two cups I had won um, you know a couple of leagues I had you know represented Rangers in Champions League and playing with Scotland and you know, I just felt as if it was maybe coming to an end um, at Rangers and it was, it was maybe time to, to move on. And listen, I moved to Middlesbrough. Was it the the, the right decision? Hindsight's a great thing. No, I thought it was. Um, maybe, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was far away from home. It was a club that, you know, I felt as if you could go and uh, develop it uh, under with, with Gordon Stratton, But it just wasn't to be. As I yeah. said, there's, there's, there's loads of circumstances that you could go into. But listen, it is what it is. At the end of the day, I didn't perform well on the pitch. Um, but, you know, then you find yourself at Nottingham Forest. And I loved it there with Billy Davis. I loved, um, you know, a massive club underachieving. Um, our goal was to get back to the, the you know, the, the English Premier League. It wasn't it to be. We could beat the, the playoff final from a Brendan Rodgers Swansea. Um, they sort of the playoff semi-final. But listen, those things happen. You learn from it. And then, you know, it started to unravel uh, my, my career. And I thought, I had opportunities to go to Turkey in the past, um, and I thought, you know what? If I don't go here, I'm going to regret it. Even yeah. if it's a, for a year, the experience, going and learning, as I said, for me, looking back at it now, it was only six months, but it was a six months that I would never ever have done. Um, you know, you could. Ne- it was probably six months that you probably learned more, and then you know, a number of years anywhere else. As yeah. I said, you would never. I would. Everybody looks at Turkey and says. You know, they are going holiday. It's a fantastic place. I mean, it's it's far from it. Um, you know, there's there's loads of places that um, are so far behind, and it's, I'm not being disrespectful. That's just the way it is. You know, just yes, the reality. I mean, Istanbul is is an unbelievable city. But you know, the, the city I was in, Eskisehir, was was a lovely city. But there was games where you went in, you just it was an eye opener. But yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and and, uh, and criticize it because, as I said, for me, it is reality, as you say. But the big thing was it shapes me for who I am right now. And I think you appreciate everything you've got. You appreciate the people around you. You appreciate the hard work that people have, have had to put in to get everything they've got. Um, as I said, I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, and I'm going to contradict myself here because you feel as if, you know, you may maybe use them at the time. But, you know, I had a driver that would drive you around. I had my wee translator who would, but they wanted to do it. They wanted to help you. Yeah. And it, it wasn't as if you were paying, paying them, you know, a lot, a lot of money, but they wanted to help you. And I just think that You know, when I look back at things now, you know, they guys are the ones where you you say to yourself, you know what, unbelievable. Fair play to them, you know. And and I think that's what shapes you as a person that, you know, be kind to people, speak to people, try and look after people as best as you possibly can. And if you do that, I think people, they might not appreciate you that moment in time, but, you know, later in years and you're speaking about legacy, um, maybe later in years when people look back and say, you know what, he wasn't actually a bad guy. (laughs) <laughs> he maybe said some things that annoyed us, but, you know, with the charity work and stuff like that as well, I, I said, it's, it's it's appreciating what's around you. Um, and then I find myself in America, which was fantastic, but, you know, it came out of the blue. It came, it, it was, it was something that, you know, I'd went to, to Houston to, to look around there and then I had, you've got one that John Spencer wanted to take me to Portland. Um, he had just moved and uh, it was fantastic. Loved it. But, I was, you know, our wedding and everything had been booked in the summer and, you know, the, 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 it was the end of January, February time you were heading out there and then the time the family came over and, you know, the kids were in school. You know, there was a lot of things going on and, you know, we had planned that we, I would come back, get married and then we would move out in the summer. But um, then John obviously lost his job because results weren't going the way they were, they were meant to go. Um, and then you just got the feeling that it wasn't going to be. But again, I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change anything because, you know, I, I, well, I sit here right now speaking to, speak to you, having learned so much yep. um, that, you know, even going roundabout about countries in America, you're never going go to go and holiday to a lot of these places. You're never going to, and I think that that's one thing that we are very, very lucky in football and even in journalism as well. You know, you, when you were back here, um, I'm pretty sure that you know, there's some countries you have been on European trips with clubs that you are like, Phew, I would never ever come here, I would never ever go back there. But you've been, you can't change it. You've been, you've seen it, you've enjoyed it. But you wouldn't pay to go on holiday. As I said, like football, I've been very, very lucky with football and the experiences I've had through.
0: Moving away from the career slightly, and you've you've touched on it already. Um, obviously the work that you, you've done through through your charity um has roots in many different different ways. The the issue of mental health. You've talked about it so many times, Chris, so f- forgive me if I'm kind of repeating myself, but there is still that stigma within the game. It's definitely disappearing, but it still exists to an extent. Um, you know, having been in dressing rooms, why do you think that is?
1: I think that, that that people are scared, first and foremost. I think they're scared of, you know, what people are going to, going to think about them. And, you know, for me you've know, been around footballers enough that a lot of them put up this guard, a lot of them put up this, you know, guard that, you know, I am the big, I am, I, you know, I am, you will know, look at me, I'm this type of character. I've got, you know, I'll deal with anything that's thrown my way. There's very few that that's real. You know, that it's, it's not the real person you see, but I yeah. think you have to put off this, this vibe, this image, that, um, that that's who you are. And, and I think that that's why there's a lot of people, um, you know, that it's, Yes, it's changing, but I think that's why there's a lot of people scared to to, to open up um, because they're scared of what people then think of them, their image. Um, but no, I think that there's there's also a lot of pressure in people to perform every single week. How does you know? How does the manager look at? You? How does the club look at you? Um, people will say, you know, I, I could. It might look as if I'm weak, um, but I think the big thing is, for me, it's easy for people to say we need to speak, we need to open up but who are you actually speaking to and open up to? Yeah. Because I think that's a lot of the things where, you know, a lot of people might go to, to people. And I think it's not until you, you finish that you start to see the trends and people speaking to you in a different light. Um, you know, they might start speaking about something else, but then they'll touch on something or, you know, so-and-so was struggling there. A lot of the time they're actually speaking about themselves. So it's trying to find that, you know, who, who do you speak to? Who, who is it that's listening to me? Because, you know, if there is people out there who are struggling, it takes a lot for them to open up and you know if you, if you get rejected um, and I don't mean it's it's you know somebody just turns around and says I'm not speaking to you that's not the case but you know when you've spoken to someone and they think right okay I've got somebody here where I want to speak to but then for example you don't go and follow it up you don't go and speak to somebody because the person who they're speaking to might not have you know the, the education or, or might not have the, the know-how to to um to deal with it as well and then they don't start. They don't. They just stop and don't speak and don't engage with the person again. And then it becomes that there's a whole lot of of um, what would you say? Um, I think it's, it's, it's uneducated. It would be the, the the word that I'm looking for. That there's there's a lot of things that a lot of people will come forward and want to speak, but it's who are we speaking to. Yeah. And when you speak to the wrong people, if they say the wrong things, it can set people back. And I think that's where. We need to be careful that you know we can highlight, we can we can um, raise the awareness. But I think there needs to be more done in education, Paul. That um, you know that, that 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 people that are opening up and looking for help that can be can be dealt with because it's it's not easy when you know somebody's coming with you with a lot of a lot of problems and, and then you don't know what to do. With them. But I will say, if someone does come to you with a lot of problems and you can't deal with make sure you go and speak to someone else and try and help that person because it will it will have, have uh, meant a lot for him or her to open up to come to you in the first place don't discard that try and help them
0: as best as you possibly can as a young player in various different dressing rooms did you could you see at the time that there were these complexities and people struggling with a you know with the dynamic of that or was it only once you were maybe older out the game you could look back with hindsight and and realize that you know these guys with the big personalities, and the facades were actually just putting just putting that on because they, they had their own struggles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's, um, I think you can look back and say that yeah, that 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 is the case. Um, you know, for me now, I'm, I'm obviously obviously a lot more educated than it, what I was back then when I when I was playing. But you know, I, I've, I've been in dressing rooms where you know people will turn around and say oh, it's just a it's a smokescreen. Do you know what I mean it's yeah. it's that's not the real person. And you kind of knew that because you know I think that when your when your mood swings are, are up and down and and um, you know you're, you're what would you say maybe clowning about and, and you know the attention seeking and, and stuff like that, 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 that. There's a reason why people do it. There's a reason why. Um, but again, it's it wasn't really the end thing. Um, it wasn't really the the thing that that um, managers and coaches would do. And by the way, I totally understand it. I totally get it in terms of you know managers and coaches and having to go and work with you know you've got a squad of twenty five people. You can't be you know a father for um, you know or a mother if you you know if you're involved in, in the women's game. Um, you can't be you know that person who looks after twenty five bodies and everything. Yeah. You know I think that that for us for, for the for the football environment, you know we've we've got all these. Um, goalkeeping coaches sports science coaches we've got everything yeah. else I think it is about time we we, we get someone in there who you know as a psychologist and can deal with players deal with them that that environment um, because you know it's, it's it's more and more the, the pressures of uh, what players are, are facing nowadays having to deal with um, the whole social media thing yeah. as well that um, you know the, the abuse that is online there I mean that was one of the things that I never done when, when I played because you know, there's, there's for me that there's no, there's no value in it when you're playing, yeah. um, because you know one week you're a hero, the next week the next week you're the, you're the worst player ever, um, and, and people. I think there's, there's an education part needing done in that as well. But for me, I think that uh, you know the whole social media is having a massive impact in people's social, uh, mental health as well, um, and you know even the, the physical health, um, because you know we're looking at a lot of these people. Um, you know, online and 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 thinking that that's the that's the shape we should be, that's the way we should look, that's the way we should yeah. dress. And a lot of people are getting themselves in debt chasing this dream. We got ourselves, uh, you know, they're they're doing the wrong things in terms of like dieting and extreme diets and and everything, and um, to try and be someone who you're not. Just be happy with who you are. Enjoy your life. Be happy yes. with who you are. You don't need to. You've nothing. The only person you need to prove to is yourself. That is the only person you need to prove anything to is, is yourself. And, um, you know, I think that, that the pressures that footballers are under, uh, and not only footballers, so, I mean, I know we're speaking here in terms yeah. of, but not only footballers, but life in general, youngsters, it's it's incredible. And if we don't do something about it, it's only going to get worse. We can highlight it, we can, um, you know, we can raise the awareness, we can keep going and doing everything we're doing with the charities and there's some fantastic charities out there. The NHS, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, the, the the waiting list for the NHS is months and months and months. There's a reason why it's months and months yeah. and months because there is more and more people coming forward, opening up, wanting help. Um, but you know, when when the facilities are not there to do it, um to deal with the the, the you know the amount of people that are coming forward, it's difficult. It is very difficult, and that's not to say because I mean people automatically say because there's a there's an 18 month waiting list or there's a 16 month waiting list, whatever, and they're rubbish. That's you know they can't get through it. That's the mindset of a lot of people it's because it's so busy it's so busy you know and it's it's because you know for me there's a lack of education along the way but there's a lot of other things that you need to take into consideration of of why so many people are struggling and I'll be honest with you for me personally social media is um social media is one of the the main reasons um listen it's been fantastic for a lot of, of, of people businesses whatever way you want to look at it It's worked I get it there's engagement but there's also the engagement where it's it's um it's playing with with people's mind. and um, we really really, really, really need to um, get a grip of it and uh, and get a grip of it quickly because if we don't I dread to think where we're going to be in 10, fifteen years but I really do.
0: And, and you can say that from both personal experience and the charity that you've that you've started in terms of the impact that that's had. Maybe just talk about first of all the, the sort of origins of the charity, but the impact that you feel it's had so far in in reaching out because it must have been a daunting <laughs> thing, Chris, to start when you know you've touched on the waiting lists, the scale of the problem, understanding the, the warning signs. How do you wrap your head around actually kickstarting something like that?
1: Well, I think that the clear and obvious thing would be mm-hmm. that um, having lost, you know, my little brother Scott to, to suicide that I knew what the family, my family, you know, people connected, people around us was going through. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you're from a, a small village. It's a shock. Everybody knows everybody. Um, but the impact it has. And um, not only that, you know, we, we weren't we were aware of anything going on. Um, we weren't aware of of any troubles. We weren't aware of, of, of how he was feeling. Um, so then i have been back to what I'm saying at the start. Like, was it a case of, you know, he didn't feel... Um, comfortable enough coming forward and speaking he didn't he, he, the pressure of, of doing it scared to do it what would people think of him um, you know so the, you start to then think down that line and then you, you then say to yourself that um, it's horrible what's, what's, what's happened there's no, there's no getting away from it but I know what we all had to go through I know the um, how it felt that gut-wrenching feeling that you had um, and I think a lot of it is is anger at the start yeah. um, because you want to know what happened you want to know like, and, and then you're angry you know, you're know, you angry with and I'm speaking about myself here you know you're angry what could I have done um, and then I, I look at my mum and dad as well and, and then they're like, what could we have done what could we have done but I think there's there's one thing that 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 it all comes back down to that we didn't know no we, we, we didn't know that there was anything going on we didn't know that 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 um, you know how Scott was feeling. Um, I wish we did because you could then do something about it. Yeah. But you're searching for answers, and when, when you don't know the answers, you're never gonna you're never gonna get them. You know. So it was when when it was actually I'm saying funny story, but it was actually I think it's probably where my mum was at the time. I can remember. You know, a few months after it, you know, everything was starting to <clears throat> to settle down, and it was always something. that was the back of my mind to start a charity for what we've, we've spoken about regarding youngsters in football and that and football environment. Because what do we do for, from young people from 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, where we've sold them the dream of you're going to be a footballer and then you wake up one morning, you go into training and you're told, it's one, you're losing a job. Yeah. this this pay you money for a thing. And then two, you're losing a career that you've been told you're the best at. Um, so I always thought there was something in there for youngsters round about that age that we should do more for them to look after them when they leave the game of football. But then that was my idea. That was what I, I thought. It wasn't so much a charity, but, you know, can we work with youngsters and try and make them better to, you know. But then it was, as I said, a few months after what happened with Scott, I, I phoned my mum and I said, listen, I think I'm going to start a charity, but I'm going to change the, the, the whole And my mum was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, it might open up, you know, everything and stuff like that. I, says, I said, that's fine. You know, at the end of the day, there would, there would be a lot of emotional um, stuff with you know my family and everything that, that went on. And um and then a couple of days later, she phoned me back, <laughs> have you started that charity yet? <laughs> I says, Mum, you told me you didn't want to do it. <laughs> but um but I think that's where I think that when you go away and you think to yourself, what can you do to learn from this? How can you help people? How can you how can we move forward? And that was that was the the um that was where we we, we you know that we got to and then it was like Starting it up and get going and there was a lot of hurdles to overcome there was a lot of difficult things but I just felt as if that there was there was an opportunity there and, I, and I'll say opportunity because you had to go and do it and it's it was one of those things where you, you thought you were you were you were ready to to, to open up and go and help people yeah. and everything but you know that opportunity was there to go and do that but once you maybe started doing it how would you have felt speaking to people who have lost loved ones who have you know maybe been contemplating suicide, maybe mean, you know, in that, you know, bad, bad, dark, dark, dark place, um, you know, when you're speaking to them and then it can maybe open up, you know, thoughts where you start thinking about your brother. But, you know, for me, the big thing was it might only save one person. It might save one person, but if that's the case, then it's a success. And I think that's where that's where the, the whole drive and determination came from, from, from me, from my family to, you know, and it's even now my, my daughter started that on page off, you know, off the charity as well. It's called Chase Your Smile on Instagram. So, you know, anybody listening would give that yeah. a follow. I mean, some of the things she's doing is fantastic. Um, you know, working with the youngsters. But it was like, like what what can we do to help one family? You know, not to go through, you know, what we went through and the experiences and try and help people. And I must say, the response has been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the people we've had on board, um, the stuff we've done has been unbelievable. And um, I'm saying unbelievable. I'm not sitting here taking any credit for it. it. Um, Yes, I can front a charity up. My name's at the top of it. But it's it's the people behind the scenes. It's the people who, you know, work constantly. It's the people that are taking calls and speaking to people who might be struggling. And I get you know, we've done a lot of things. It's been difficult this this year with everything that's been going but I'm sure it's the exact same with everybody, but the generosity of the public to keep us going, to keep doing what we're doing, striving to get better every single day, trying to come up with new programmes, trying to come up with new formats to deal with people, um, you know, on Zoom and trying to work with people to the companies to work with them. Um, you know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of, of um you know people behind the scenes working tirelessly to make sure that it is a success and in, in dealing with, with consultations, dealing with people. Um, you know, but again, it's it's I would love to, there's nothing better than sitting there and saying, oh, we've done this, we've done that, we've done this as a charity. But the whole, you know, the, the, the sensitivity of everything and uh, the confidentiality, you know, we can't do that. Of but course. what I do know is that um, yeah. You know, the the, the jobs, doing? the jobs, the job, the job that has been done behind the scenes is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the, the work that has been done in the schools, going in there and working, um, the work that has been done with numerous organisations, big organisations yeah. um, back in Scotland and even England now as well. That uh, We know we're on the right tracks. We know we're making a difference. But um, again, are we going to cure every issue, every problem with mental health? No chance. But what we can do is just keep striving to get better, improve it every single day, and uh, keep raising that awareness, keep going as much as we possibly can. But I'll say it's the generosity of the public that allows us to to, um, do what we do, and the people working tirelessly behind the scenes, um, because without that, we would be nowhere. And I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, I know 100% that um, we have saved people's lives. We have made a big difference already, and we will continue to do so, because I know it's the right thing to do and we just need to keep pushing forward.
0: You kinda you already answer the question I was going to ask there, but in terms of not having the answers to, to what happened to Scott, as difficult as it must have been, did that immediately have you jumping into this, this project to start, or was there a period where it just felt as if it would be too difficult to do it? It seemed like you you made a really quick decision to to help people.
1: I think that the big thing for me, I, I had something I had something bubbling away in the back of my mind. I, there was something there that, that,
0: that
1: yeah. you know, I touched on it there that I felt as if from that 16 to 20-year-old in the football environment yeah. was something that needed addressed. That was something that I always looked at. That was something, and I'm not saying <clears throat> it's great having an idea, it's great yeah. having something, but I mean how would I have worked that out? How would I have, have, have uh, tried to make that better? How would I have went about the challenges of of helping those youngsters in football? Because, you know, when you're in the football environment, it's very difficult for a lot of people to open the door. Um, you can, sorry, you, you can... It's very difficult to people to let you in. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, you've been involved in football, the door will open easy for you. you know, it's, it's not like that. You know, a yeah. lot of managers, um, they're scared in case people get in and you start working with people. And that's not... That's not because of, of me, that's because of what's been on in the past. People will get in the door and then they've got their own agendas with stuff. They've got their own, um, you know, like, and I'll use the term, even like football agents, then football coaches, and then they're tapping people up and stuff like that. I totally get it. I totally understand why a lot of football clubs don't open the door for people. So there would have been a lot of, of hurdles that, you know, you would have to have overcome to achieve what I thought at the start of a charity um, or are working towards something with those, you know, young boys. And it would probably would have ended up girls as well, because you know that, that that's where we're at. Um, you know, there is a lot of, of of youngsters, 16 to 20 year olds, struggling at this moment in time. But then what happened with, with Scott? Pro it took me in a, in a whole different um direction. That was there. I always knew that I had that football knowledge there. I always knew that that I had seen a lot of youngsters struggle, I had seen a lot of boys that I had played with struggled to overcome the fact that they weren't going to be footballers. That, um, you know, because you've seen it yourself, even all the way through school, I think anybody who was in the, the football environment was treated different. I don't care what MD says, they were treated differently because they were seen as, um, you know, like, when they got to PE, when they got to the football team, everybody wanted to be part of it. And then when you're connected with a football club as well, everybody wanted to be part of it. So I think that, they have been treated differently, and that I'm speaking about myself. Um, but when you look at it now, a lot of youngsters are actually moving schools, are going to different schools, are in a different environment back here yeah. in Scotland. now. So that they're obviously going to be treated differently because society treating them different. So you know, like you know, you've been moved about the the, the whole thing. Um, you know, the 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 program is set up here is, is is set up to showcase young boys and girls' talents in Scotland, and um, you can understand why they have got to be treated differently, but when they don't get there, then what, what do we do with them? Yeah. Because they've been treated different all their, all their life. They've been treated different from even their parents. And I don't care what MD says, they, they will have been treated differently. But then when that dream's no longer there, where do we go? Yeah. And, you know, that idea was in the back of my head of going to help it. But, you know, I, I, the big thing for me would be that um, with, with everybody now, the pressures, and I've, I've touched on the whole social media thing, everybody we now live in a society where everybody wants to look good. Um, Everybody's in the gym. Everybody's, um, you know, they want the best of clothes. But it's also having an impact on the, you know, it's so easy to get yourself credit cards. It's so easy to get yourself into debt to chase that dream. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Maybe somebody loses their job and, 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 you know, you, you still have to pay the bills basically at the end of the day. That has a massive impact on people's mental health. And I think that that's one of the things that we need to be, and I'll say it again, We need to be careful. The only person you need to impress is yourself. You don't need to want to impress the whole world out there. But try saying that to, you know, a teenager is very difficult because they don't want to be left out. They don't want to be, um, you know, not part of that group. So I think that, um, I think everybody, social media uh, companies, and I know they've they've been battered um, right, left and centre recently for everything that's going on. But in 10, 15 years' time, I dread to think where we will be um and mental health if we don't do something about social media companies right now because it is some of the stuff that gets sent some of the stuff that you see some of the stuff that um you know you, you read about has been received and, and and again we're maybe going a little bit off track here we wait and that's one of the things where yeah. you know the charity with me as well we wait until something happens then we react i mean it's, it's, uh, you know, I know I'm going off track. But you look at Caroline Flack. It didn't really matter what everybody was saying to her at the time. But it wasn't until she passed away that all of a sudden everybody, you know, reacted off the back of that. We need to do this. We need to do that. Nothing gets done until it happens to the next person. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing gets done. So you know, we need to actually do something about it. Words are, are they're cheap. Um, we need to do something about it. somebody needs to take actions. And, um, you know, for me, it goes right to the top. I think the big, big social media companies really need to start um, ramping it up um, in terms of the security. It's so easy. I mean, I could go and create 10, 10 different accounts here right now, get blocked inside 10 minutes. I could go and create another 10. Yeah, no, it's flawed. It's it's, flawed. it's it's total, you know, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong in so many ways. I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of talk here right now that you know, in terms of your passport, um, um, accountability of, of who you are as a person before you open up social media platforms, and it's right because you know if, if you walk down the street and punch somebody, you would get in trouble, you would end up in the jail, or you would you would definitely be arrested for it. But words have a have a, a bigger uh, impact on people. Yet we don't need to do we don't do anything about it um, until, as I said, until something happens to an individual who has been um, you know, horribly horribly abused online. Um, and then, then we'll react and we'll do something, but it's too late.
0: The one thing that seems to be amazing and, and great to hear is that, you know, you're a, you're a bubbly, larger-than-life, jokey figure on the park. That's that's kind of your persona to a lot of people that maybe don't know you. But the great thing is that doesn't seem to have stopped people getting involved in the charity and taking you seriously at how seriously you take this issue.
1: I think I think that, that um you know I've never been one from from a responsibility. I mean I think for me if I if I go into something I'll go into it wholeheartedly and I want to go and attack it and do what I need to do head on. Um, you know, for me, as I said earlier I can be the head of a, of, a, of, a, of a charity like my own. And there'll be loads of other people out there the exact same thing. But it's the people behind the scenes that deserve all the credit because they're the ones. But, you know, I won't I won't shut my responsibilities, my duty of being at the forefront of something if there's something that needs addressed. If there's decisions that need to be made yeah. um, through the charity, I'm part of that because at the end of the day, it's my name that's on it. It will be, you know, if, if something's to happen that's not right, it will come back to me. Um, and I think that that's why you know you are so keen and, and make sure that everything is run properly, and um, you know you, you try to be successful, or, or as successful as you possibly can be. Um, but again, I, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate it: it's the people behind the scenes that yeah. deserve the, 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 the you know the enormous credit because they're the ones that are having to deal with you know that the emails, the phone calls, everything that's that's happened, um, people that are wanting help, and they're, they're the ones that deserve the credit. Um, all I can say is I know it's working. I will continue. Um, you know, there's, there's nobody out there going to stop me from doing it. Um, I will continue to do what we do, whether people like it or not, um, whether people have got opinions on it. I don't care. I know that uh, what we're doing through the charity is saving lives. Um, if it's not saving, um, you know everybody's life, it's definitely have an impact. Um, and and you know for me, that's that's my biggest drive. That um, you know. You have all the highs and, and lows throughout football, but having to, you know, deal with and there's been people lost, loved ones in the past, but having to deal with loved ones losing loved ones in the circumstances I've had to, it's not nice. It's yeah. not nice, and uh, I think that um, you know the more we can speak about it, the more we can we can um, raise the awareness and keep pushing in the right direction. Then hopefully it becomes. Um, second nature for people to open up and speak and and, uh, and seek the, the, the help that they need because that's the most important thing that you, you're never alone um, there is people out there who will think that they are you're never alone you can speak to people There are fantastic charities out there there's some you know the, you've got some fantastic people out there who will look forward to help you as well but again it's you know the education part of it and um you know that whole we can raise awareness but the education part for me is a big thing Paul that's yeah. um, we need to we need to do more on education, and I think that starts from the schools. And I know that we don't want to to um, to get you're know, too involved with youngsters' lives. Um, but what I will say is, they get involved in everything else. You know, if you know, in terms of social media, in terms of you know, they get involved. In, so I'm not saying that we go into every single school and and um, you know, that'll cure everything. But I think it will have a massive impact if we do, um, if you start at a younger age, because it becomes second nature to open up, becomes second nature to speak about things that, you know, that are problems, rather than, than ignoring it and think that'll go away because it won't go away. Um, but we, we, we are hell-bent in making sure that our kids have got, um, you know, their phones, their iPads and everything else to make sure, and, and, and when they've got that, they are in this vicious circle of the whole social media thing and they can become, involved in something there'll be messages being sent there'll be there'll be um the the, the online the hate will have a massive impact on, on people's yeah. lives so you know for me I think we need to we, we do need to go to primary schools and start working with kids at a younger age um <laughs> the biggest one for me was, and, I, and I don't know about yourself we always speak in numbers we always speak about numbers when you go to school the biggest thing everybody works for money um, but we never seem to do anything with money at the primary school. It's not until you actually leave or you get a wee job and you realise, you know, what is money and, 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 you know, how big an impact yeah. it has on yeah. people. But nobody nobody educates you on it. It's not until you stumble, like, oh, by the way, you should start saving money, you spend this. Nobody educates you on it at a younger age. And I think that's something that we should do as well because it leads to a lot of problems for, for a lot of people as well. And both sides, you might not have it, you might have a lot of it, but it's what you do when you've got a lot of it. Yeah. Um, you know, so th- there is a whole. There's a whole circle here that, that um, or a whole cycle that tomorrow's people are the youngsters, and we need to go and look after them and, and, and try and give them the best opportunity. And that's why, for us as a charity, we are in the schools. We're keen to to continue that um, that development of, of the youngsters, and because they will be the adults of of, of tomorrow, um, and we need to keep um, pushing in the right direction.
0: One of the things you've done over the last year during the lockdown and stuff is obviously your own podcast, where. With, with... You know Robert Snodgrass, and I think one of the things that came out of that was no matter who you played for, no matter you know where you came from, what colours you wore, everyone had their own sort of story or could associate it with this topic. And even just if you isolate it to COVID, how people have maybe struggled with that lockdown. How um, how much of a reaction did you get generally from from the podcast?
1: The podcast was was massive for us, and I think not even not only for for, for myself and Robert, um, because she's he's been through a he's been through a lot as well, and had to deal with a lot of of family, um, you know, stuff as well. So you know, it was that it was a right connection. We got each other. We understood yeah. each other. We obviously had the background. Um the football background, we'll have a laugh and a joke about it now. It was it was ripping me at that time, but uh, the tables have turned in, in <laughs> Scotland here, Paul, as you as you well know. Um but no, no I what are talking about. <laughs> some... <laughs> but um, with with um, with Robert at the time, you know, he wasn't playing in the West Ham team, he was in and out, he was trying to get fit. So he had a lot of time in stands, hands, and I think that as it stands right now, he's obviously um He's, he's, he's moved to West Brom now. Um, a lot of his time, he's he's wanted to finish his career, and that's right. And that's the right thing to do. You know, I'm finished. I've got a load of times in my hands. It's it's something that you know I can go on with at this moment in time. But you know, we've parked it for this moment. Um, hopefully, we can start it up. You know, in, in the future, and that again. But yeah. for that period of time, it was it was phenomenal. The names we had, the um, getting them speaking about you know the the their problems in mental health. Yeah. Their, uh, their sorry, their issues in mental health. Um, the problems I've faced in their life. I mean, some of the names we had was unbelievable and getting them open up. Because, you know, that the, the key thing for us was that um, when you look at footballers, especially, and I know we ended up with boxers and, you know, world champion boxers, yeah. um, that um, when you look at it, that everybody hails them, you know, you're up here, you've no problems in your life. And, you know, they're heroes to a lot of people. And that was one of the things that, 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 that we felt if we can go and speak to these guys, uh, and women, that if we can go and speak to them and get them to tell their story of, yeah, I might be someone who you support on a Saturday, you shout my name, you, you adore me, but you know what? I'm the same as you. I'm a human being yeah. and I've got problems at home as well and I need to overcome them. That was one of the things for us. If we can get this message out here that all the superstars worldwide have still got their own problems, yes, people are looking at me saying, you know, and it's the old one, ah, but they've got loads of money. It doesn't matter. Know, yep. But you've got money. It doesn't matter what you You've still got problems you need to overcome. And that was one of the things that we felt was that if we can get this point over, that um everybody struggles sometimes, you know, throughout their, their, their life. If we can get this, so hopefully it will break down the barriers that will allow um the youngsters to look at it and say that um not well, even my hero struggles, it becomes second nature. Yeah, you know, my hero, my hero has over has had to overcome loads of hurdles to get to where he's got to. I might be going through a bad. Uh, are a tough spell in my, my life right now. But you know what? My hero came out the other side of us. That was the whole thing that we were looking
0: at. So obviously you said you've, you've parted the podcast just from for now. In terms of next step or the sort of long-term vision of, of the charity and, and what you want to achieve from this, do you set yourself goals or do you just literally take it as helping as many people as you can?
1: I've never, I've never been one for, for setting goals um, throughout my career because I think when you set goals, the only thing you, you do is disappoint yourself when you don't yeah. get there because we always set ourselves goals that are, are virtually unachievable yeah. <laughs> or, or you end up changing who you are. And I'll, I'll relate it back to football when you turn around and say, I want to score 30 goals this season. But then maybe come Christmas, you've only got 10 or 12 and you're like, I need a big." You put yourself yeah. under pressure and I think that's one of the things that as a charity, we have looked at it um, and said that, you know, there's things that we want to achieve, and there's things you know, there's there's there's, there's you know that the the partnership we've got with the College has been fantastic. We want to grow that because you know we know the impact there. There's a lot of there's a connection there with the schools. There's a connection there with the college, and there's a connection when they leave. Um, yeah. We've also got a lot of the football academy has grown within the college as well that has allowed us to to um, to work with youngsters and working with. You know, the adults of tomorrow when they're younger so that we're hoping that they might not know what they're doing at this moment in time but the, the fact that they've been part of the, the Chris Boyd charity for um, five, six, seven year old and all the way up through you're hoping that, that maybe further down the line that, um, that it becomes second nature for them to open up It becomes because we've tried to encourage it, and it albeit it's through sport but it's a great opportunity um, to, to speak um, it's a great opportunity that, that sport brings to people um, in terms of Communication and that's key. That's key in life, um, and that's one of the things we were try to, to get that natural pathway where we've got youngsters to teenagers into you know young adults and then obviously becoming adults as well. Um, so that's one of the things that we've, we've, we've um, you know we've been trying to improve. Uh, our working on, but there's loads we, we try to improve on every single every single time we have a committee's meeting, um, a trustees meeting. Sorry that we want to, we want to keep driving. We want to keep striving forward. We want to keep, um, you know, that the, the positivity that we've got. And um, I think in the west of Scotland, it's been unbelievable, especially in Ayrshire. The generosity of, of, of people has, has been unbelievable. Yeah. But I think they see they see what we're doing. They see the impact um, that what's going on in society at this moment in time. That, that there needs to be somebody doing it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's loads there's loads of people out there, and I take my hat off to them because it's 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 not easy sometimes. But you know, for, for me, I felt as if, and I'm not want to be the big I am, the big head here, but well, with the profile I had, you know, in terms of being in the football environment, you had a lot of people that would listen to you. I felt as if it was a good opportunity to go in and help people. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, You know, I, I'll say that I can be at the forefront of the charity and, and my name's there, but it's the people behind the scenes. But we need to keep striving. We just need to keep getting better and better and better. And uh, more people are coming on board. There's more partnerships being formed. There's, um, you know, we've got loads of different things going on that, um that is, is great and it doesn't need to I mean I've spoken about sport we've got there's a little art club in there as well um, that do some fantastic work and you know we've helped them over the last few years um, you know to get into school and what well, it doesn't need to be physical activity um, you know there's a lot of people when you sit down and you start drawing and, and, and start scribbling away you know you start to to understand and stuff you know comes out and yeah. it pours out and you know it, it takes you to places that you would never ever have been so you know we see the value and it's we understand that not everybody can be um, physical, so we, we need to find other avenues that's going to help people with their mental health, and you know that's that's one of the things that we've looked at. Well, you know that that partnerships as, as strong as ever. Um, we've looked at you know even kids at Christmas. Um, when I, I thought you probably seen it. me dressed up as an elf uh, cycling <laughs> the streets of Ayrshire. Um, but again, it was it was to highlight the whole that, that, that it, people will say that asking nothing to do with the charity, but it has because you know What's looking that? at it. Looking at it, that you know, going back to this whole Christmas experience where it's meant to be you know, everybody enjoys it and it's it's the best time of the year, it is when you're in the environment and the mindset that it can be that. Um, so you know, for for us to go and raise the money we did, and I mean, I think it was over 250 kids that we were able to, to, to give Christmas presents to, um, it's fantastic, but again, that's amazing. Listen for, for for me, jumping on a bike, was it so at the time? Of course it was. But again, it's the generosity of people to um, you know to help. And again, they see the bigger picture. You know, and, and and that's you know, imagine waking up on Christmas Day without a present. What impact would that have on somebody? someday? You know, so you you know, you're trying to help people that you know they might be kids, but they will become adults. They will become, you know, the adults of of um, of tomorrow. So we, what we need to do is is um Let's try work with as many youngsters as we possibly can to keep to keep going but you know the, the charity has it's, it's definitely working there's been a lot of of good things going on um but it's like everything else you know, I've, I've touched on it earlier, that the the whole um confidentiality i mean i would love to 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 yeah. to sit and say you know yes but a lot of people don't want to speak about it and rightly so and rightly so um i'm, I'm not having a go but you know to sit there and there's been a few people who have, have spoken about how they've overcame their problems and what they're, what they're doing now and, um, but you know t- t- to go back to the start in terms of setting goals we've got we've set achievements uh, sorry we've, we've set goals where we've, we've achieved you know working with you know the, the partnerships there that we've got and everything we want to strive to get better we continue to strive to get better so you know f- for us we just keep pushing away um, and in terms of you go back I don't think anybody's seen the last year coming no. I mean, where would we've been we were quite fortunate that that we're in a fortunate position with a lot of people backing us um that you know there'll be a lot of charities probably close because of this world pandemic of a lot of businesses yep. but you know we've been one of the ones that have, have, have... we've been fine we've been okay but i think that's because of people see you know the value in what we're doing the, the impact that we've had especially locally in Ayrshire. so we just need to keep going um you know there's, there's no point in setting, us sitting long-term goals because you just never know what's going to be around the corner but what we can do is is work with the partnerships we've got now strengthen them and I think by doing that you know that strengthens the connections in the school um, which then you know it starts to grow and and grow and grow and grow and if we do that we know we're going to get to a lot more kids and help them and then hopefully that has an impact on you know even when they go back home you know the charity was in they were speaking about this one if there is adults at home that are struggling then, you know, maybe it's time to, to sit down and open up and and, and try and seek the help that, uh, that you need.
0: Well, Chris, I don't think I could do any words that sort of do justice to what you and, and the team have been done, but it goes without saying that you're clearly leaving a legacy right now. You're living it. Um, and, you know, I, I think the people that you've impacted are a testament to that. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for for. Talking me through everything. I guess we've got twenty seconds before we go. Do you want to talk about Rangers and the fact that they won the league?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll leave. I'll leave that. I'll leave that. I think I've said enough. Um, If you could see a smile, it's upset a lot of people in Scotland. So I'll give you one of them before I go. um, No, I mean I'm I'm going to touch on something, you know, Paul, and it's. I think it's important. Don't ever, don't ever um, think you're alone. If you've got any issues and you are struggling, open up because there is always somebody out there that will help you. And uh, I mean, I hope that this podcast is a success for yourself. But anybody listening, please, please, um, as I said, you might not like me, you can't be bothered with me. But if you are struggling, um, please go and seek the help that you need. Because I think the most important thing is that we look after each other. You might not be that person who can help um, the person you know you're speaking to, but you know you could then maybe speak to someone who can. So never ignore M D always be there for somebody for speaking up to you or or opening up to you and um, hopefully we'll all be smiling together um, you know as as one world shortly rather than everybody pulling in in all different directions Paul Uh, but thanks for having
0: me Chris absolute pleasure thank you for your time